Hello, hello, testing, you good? Okay, um, <clears throat> so I just wanted to start with just a little bit of background about me. Um, I'm from Lubbock, Texas. How many of y'all have ever passed through Lubbock? Because how many actually go to, a lot of you, it's the land of dirt and wind and Texas Tech. Um, so I'm from Lubbock, and there are two rumors that I like to um, tell people about Lubbock to set it straight. We do not ride horses to school. A lot of people thought that. Um, but I do have a lot of rodeo champions and cowboys in my side of the family. Um, and then also people think there, we, there's tumbleweeds everywhere, which is partly true, and I did play with them in my backyard growing up. Um, they were a lot of fun. So a little bit about me and my family. This is me as a baby. Um, I have a great, loving family. I'm very close to them. Uh, I have one older brother, Mason. He's three years older than me, and he took his big brother role very seriously. He would beat me up. He would sit on me. He would smother me with a pillow. He would do anything big brothers do. He did it. We weren't very close growing up, naturally. Um, but we got closer in college, and now we have a good relationship. One thing that our family loved to do is to go camping and fishing. Um, that's what we did every summer. Those were our vacations. Um, that's, that's what we did, and I, that's, I still love doing that. Um, and then our dogs are a very important part of our family. So that's me. Um, I was born in 88, but I had like the 90s style, so I had a lot of perms that did not go right and overalls and tie-dyes and all that sort of stuff. Um, so two things that I am very passionate about, grew up being passionate about and still am, um, is, first of all, dancing. I danced from age 3 to 18. I love dancing. I was a dancing poodle for my first recital. Um, I did tap, jalet, tap, jazz, ballet, um, all that stuff. Tap was my favorite. Um, I did piano for a little bit. I just didn't have very much time for it, so I quit that. And then I did drumline in high school and middle school. Um, absolutely loved drumline. I was actually, I got to be drum captain my uh, senior year, which means the head of the drumline, which was really fun. A fun fact, um, my sophomore year, I was bass drum. So I'm a really short person, and bass drums are really big, if you don't know, like huge and I couldn't see where I was walking ever. So I literally walked over a trash can and rolled over it in front of everyone because <laughs> I was too short for the bass drum. Thankfully, that was one year, so I was um, snare drum for the rest of it. Um, so those were the things that I was really good at and that I really loved, dancing and music and school. I was really good at school. I always got straight A's. Um, and those were the things I was just naturally good at. I didn't have to try very hard. But of course... When you're good at something and you put all your time into it, those things really became my identity. And that was my identity growing up. And I didn't realize that until college, um, so we'll get back to it. But have you noticed that I haven't mentioned church yet? Well, so Dave asked us to frame our story in three words. So the first word to describe my story would be shallow. Um, I grew up in a Methodist church, a really great church. Um, for my family, church was important. It was something that we did every Sunday, and of course Christmas and Easter, although I didn't ever want to go Christmas Eve because that prolonged present time. Um, but we went every Sunday, um, and I did a few VBS and church camps, but beyond that, that was pretty much it as far as God was concerned. We didn't really 
talk about him outside of Sundays um, or in my home. I wasn't really encouraged to read my Bible. Uh, God ne- wasn't necessarily something important in my life. Um, we were good people. We did the right thing. So you went to church and you tried to live your life right. Um, Christ was not important in my life, and nor did I understand how he fit in to relation with God. I just knew he was there. He was a part of that, and I saw a reenactment of him on the cross every year. That's, that's about all I knew. In fifth grade, I uh, prayed the prayer and asked Jesus into my heart because I wanted to go to heaven, and that's what you do if you want to go to heaven. So I checked that off my list because um, I didn't want to go to hell. So I did it, but I saw it as just checking this thing off my list. So clearly I didn't really get it. Um, and then, of course, any other church camp, when they had an altar call, I would go up to the altar and ask him into my heart again, just in case, you know, got to make sure I'm saved. Um, so, obviously, I didn't get it. This was just something I was, I was interested in believing God. I had an interest in following him, but not enough for me to even really think about it outside of Sundays. Um, but I knew it was the right thing to do, so I went to church, and that's what I did. And my family thought it was important. And if you haven't noticed about me yet, I am a rule follower. I'm actually like the definition of a rule follower. I found a definition of rule follower. Basically, a more proper version of the slang word square, a person who always does what they're supposed to do, even if it means sacrificing things like fun and happiness, and who casts a judgmental gaze on anyone who does otherwise. I'm not quite that bad. Um, And I actually am happy following the rules, because if I don't follow the rules, I get like all anxious and guilty. So, um... So that is me. I always did what I was told. I never disobeyed my parents unless my brother convinced me to do something stupid. Um, I did the right thing because I knew that's what was expected. I was a good girl. And I wanted to because deep down I wanted to be accepted. I knew my parents would always love me no matter what, but I didn't want to let them down. And I needed to achieve and do the right things because I wanted people to think well of me. And I didn't recognize that in myself. So my faith was very shallow. Um, I had an interest in believing in God and in doing the right things because that's what I was taught, but I had no depth. Um, I didn't understand who Jesus was or why I was supposed to, to do these things, but I just did them. And probably, again, it came from this need to be accepted because all deep, deep down we all want to be accepted, right? And that comes from God. We want to belong somewhere, and Christ tells us we belong. God accepts us as his own child, even while we were sinners. Romans 5, 8 says God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we all want to be loved and belong somewhere, and that's with God, but just often we look for it elsewhere in our achievements or with people. So even though I grew up with a very shallow faith, um, God definitely gave me a foundation and an interest in believing in God. And that, with my rule-follower personality, got me through college and helped me make my way. And in college is when God really started to work on my life and open my eyes, which is my next word, recognition. So there's several different things that happened in my first couple years of college. Um, And it finally opened my eyes to what it looks like to be a believer, not just someone who claims to have this religion. So I went to the University of Texas. Hook them. Anyone? Uh, I knew I was going to hear the hiss, but I got a couple of you. Okay, so I went to UT, but as you know, I'm from Lubbock, and Lubbock is very, very, very conservative. So everyone thought I was going to be, like, turn crazy and become a hippie, which I didn't. Um, 
I was probably one of five people, I think, that went to Austin out of the whole Lubbock, which is 200,000 people. Um, and it was also the number one party school at the time because they had just won the Rose Bowl. But I went because that is where I felt God was calling me to. Um, and I really did feel a draw there. Um, I had applied to architecture school at all of the different universities, and I, did, I got in everywhere else except at UT, but I still felt I should go to UT. So I went there not knowing much about my faith, but I did, and I was determined, of course, to do the right thing. You know, my parents tell me, don't do this, so I'm not going to do it. Um, and I just found friends who were like-minded, um, and I hung out with them. Uh, my desire to do what was right um, was stronger than my desire to just fit in with the majority. So UT was actually such a good place for me. It made me decide for myself what my faith was going to be. Was it going to be something that I would take ownership of? Was this going to be my own faith? Or was this still going to be this faith that my parents told me to have? To, told me to have? Um, so it was good because it made me, made me face it. So my first year, remember how I said my identity was in my accomplishments? Well, UT is a lot bigger than a little 5A West Texas school. Um, and college has an interesting way of putting you in your place. So I tried out for the UT drumline. I was a snare drummer. I was good at it. I was drum captain. I mean, I kind of came in probably a little cocky. And um, the UT drumline actually have a different grip, which just means they hold their drumstick a different way. So all summer, it was different from the way that I had learned and gotten good at. So all summer, I had to learn this new grip. Um, and I came into the camp and clearly was not going to be good enough to make the drumline with this new grip that I also didn't practice because I never had to before. Um, so I didn't make drumline, and I was really upset and embarrassed, and my pride took a downfall because I just kind of assumed that I would make it. Um, so I ended up joining a sorority, which wasn't necessarily my personality, but my mommy told me to do it because I would meet people, which was true. I did. Um, so I joined that. And then on the school side of things, um, that was really tough, too, because I, I studied like crazy, and I tried to transfer into architecture school, had an almost perfect GPA and a rec letter from the former dean, and I still didn't get in. Um, and so I ended up going into the business school, which was still a good achievement, but it wasn't what I had planned for myself. But yet somehow I still felt that I should stay at UT and do that. Um, but these disappointments did two things for me. First of all, it started to deteriorate my identity. Um, my identity as someone who was really good at music or really smart and could achieve anything I put my mind to, um, it took those away and it made me start to question, well, who was I without that? Um, and then it also led me to meet specific people that I wouldn't have because drumline and architecture take up every ounce of time you have. So I wouldn't have met certain people and these um, friends that I made ended up being really influential in my faith later on. So my second year of college, a few weeks before classes began, I got into a pretty bad car wreck. Um, I was driving on a pretty busy road in Austin, downtown, and there's this curve and the road was slick, and so my car started to hydroplane, but of course I did what you're not supposed to do, and I overcorrected the wrong way, I don't know. And so I started to go over a median and come face head on with a truck. Um, and when I saw that I was about to hit the truck, I covered my, my eyes with my hands, and I started praying. Now, I wouldn't recommend you taking your hands off the wheel and closing your eyes when you're driving, 
but that's what I did. Um, but it surprised me because my first instinct was to go to God, and that is not what I expected my first thing to go to. Um, but I did, and I don't remember, or I don't actually know what really happened because my eyes were closed, um, but I remember the impact, and I guess I spun a few times because I opened my eyes, and all of a sudden I am all the way on the other side, on my side of the street, facing the other way in front of this tree, and um, hadn't hit another single car when before it had been filled with cars. And then all of a sudden, I know this lady comes over to me and asks me if I'm okay. She came out of nowhere and just told me the ambulance is on her way, and then she disappeared, and I never saw her again. And thankfully, I was fine. Um, the seatbelt broke my collarbone in half. Um, so those things work, in case you're wondering. Seatbelts work. Um, and the truck that I hit and the lady inside, um, they were she was fine. Um, but... This event, it surprised me that I thought of God first because he was not first in my life. Um, And that incident was a whole year of waking up to learning who God was and what my faith was in him. I began to realize that while I was a good person and I followed the rules, I had an empty faith. I had not been living my life for God. I hardly thought about him except on Sundays. And I knew deep down it was supposed to be more than that. Life seemed kind of meaningless because if you're just gaining stuff and trying to make good grades and accomplish and have all your identity and all these talents that I was no longer the best at, there had to be more than that. So there were a few other things that happened that year to make me understand how shallow my faith was. Um, One of them, I I got into a conversation with an atheist um, who asked me all these questions about God and science, and I realized how little I knew about my faith, and it kind of shocked me about that. Um, And then that summer, I went on a study abroad to London, and I got caught up hanging with the group and doing what the group was doing, and I partied with them, and I broke a rule, guys. I broke a rule, which devastated me. Um, And it made me started to to ask all these questions. Um, It just made me realize how little faith I had and just how meaningless it had been, and it just wasn't right. So sometime after this, I got back to school, and this lady from Campus Crusade, they're an organization on campus, um, she came up to me, and she wanted to meet with the different Christians in my sorority so that we could reach out to the other girls and share the gospel with them. So I met with her. I was like, that's a great idea. I'll do that. And so I met with her, and she encouraged me to share the gospel with some girls. And I was like, okay, I have to stop you. That's a great idea, but what is the gospel? I don't know. And I grew up in church my whole life, and I didn't know what the gospel was. I mean, I knew I was supposed to do these things and not supposed to do things, these things, but I didn't know why. I didn't know who Jesus was. I didn't know that he was God incarnate, that he, through his death and his resurrection on the cross, he actually defeated death literally for us. And that salvation comes from faith in him and not some rule that I had to follow. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. And that's it. And I also didn't grasp my utter, my complete need for him. That it wasn't doing good things. That I couldn't do enough good things. He had accepted me before. 
it was all because of Christ's work that he had done. So all of these things really woke me up, and I finally recognized my need for him, something more than just following him uh, because I was told to or because that's what you do. Um, So that brings me to my last word, which is transformed. So all of these events work together to encourage me to spend time with God. Um, I wanted and I needed to know what I supposedly believed. So I wanted it to be more than just some religion. And I had a few friends throughout all of this who were also Christians, but the way they behaved, the decisions they made, the, the things that they did was just different from me, and I wanted to know what that was like. Um, so that pushed me to start reading my Bible. I would get up before classes, and I would read. Um, I would only get through two verses because I started in Philippians, and who under, ever understands Paul? I didn't understand a single thing I read. Um, but I did it, and I stuck with it, and I read a couple verses, and eventually I started to, to learn more. Um, and I grew so much that year. Um, Dave gave us a thing about um, what testimonies are, and on the sheet it actually says, testimonies, it's about our transformation, not moralism. And that's exactly what my life had been up until this point, moralism. It was about following these rules. Um, I had no depth but I just did things because I was supposed to do things. And I finally understood it was about your relationship with God and the faith in Christ and then acting out of that faith and not just being morally good for the sake of doing it. 1 Samuel fifteen twenty two says, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, it, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. So in this story, Samuel is actually getting on to King Saul for making a sacrifice to God when he was told not to. So he was getting in trouble because he was choosing to do his own thing and what he thought was right instead of what God had told him to do. And the point that Samuel was trying to get across is that it's more important to follow God than just obeying for the sake of obeying and doing these rituals Um, So what's more important is what's going on in your heart and our relationship with him. And then from that flows obedience and a desire to glorify him. Now, at the same time, I can't look at this verse and think, well, since I'm saved, I guess I can just do whatever I want, right? Because I had a friend ask me that in college, and I obviously at the time I I had no idea what to say. Um, But Romans 6.15 says this. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. So you're a slave to something. We naturally follow after something. Either you're going to choose to follow after sin and do what you want and do what you think is best or you do you, or you're going to choose to follow after righteousness and have a meaningful life, which actually leads to freedom. So my life took on a very different purpose. It wasn't about my achievements or what I was going to do, but what God was going to do through me or how I could share God's story to others. So that year, I switched to a different church. Um, I ended up going with a friend to a smaller church that had a, a really great college ministry, and that's where I met this guy, Ben, who is now my husband. Um, our very first, like, 
event, he wore that afro, and I was like, now I know. That's the kind of guy I need. Um, so I met Ben, and um, I did not start going to the church because he was there, even though he likes to claim it. But he did go to the same church. Um, and later that year, we started dating. Um, and he was or is a solid believer and had a really great foundation. And so in that point of my life when I was reading the Bible for the first time, I could go back and ask him questions, and he was always such a great example. And then during that time, I also had a friend who asked me to join in with her mentor. And so we started studying the Bible together. And that was such a good help for me to really learn and grow a ton. And the first verse that she wanted us to memorize was Romans 12, 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So this verse was really great for me because it gave me some direction. So we don't just spend time with God or read the Bible just for the sake of crossing it off a list, but we do it for the relationship with God because he's the one that's going to transform our hearts. He's the one that's going to help us see striving after him is so much better than just striving after what everyone else in the world says is good. All these, like, talents and achievements. Um, But we have to have a heart after God's own heart. Um, the more we know about God and what is right and glorifying to him, that's, that's what helps us make everyday decisions. Um, so my time in college gave me a passion for Christ and his word. Um, I couldn't get enough of learning. Someone said I was like a sponge because I was just soaking it all in. Um, and it's true. I wanted to learn everything I could. Um, I kind of felt like I had missed out on all these years when I could have been learning and growing. And But I know that God had a plan for me in those times with the different situations I was in or the people that I met. Um, but when I graduated, my college pastor offered me a job uh, doing kind of what I do here with the youth, but with college ministry. Um, and it was a really great time and just really learning how to live my life out for God. Um, and I'm still in awe, honestly, that I work at a church um, because seeing where God took me from knowing nothing and really not having an interest um, to now being passionate and wanting to share that with others. Um, it's cool to just look back and see uh, where God's taken me. Um, so that's that's my story, and I just had to throw in the pictures of my kids because they also are refining me every day and teaching me how to have patience and grace, and they're so cute. That's Riley and Luke. Um, so I'm going to pray, and then we can uh, you can do your questions at the table. Uh, God, I just thank you uh, so much, Lord, for... Letting us hear everyone's story, God, to see where where you take people and the path that you lead us on, um, and I am just I'm thankful for that, Lord, and I pray that um, that we can start to analyze our own stories, uh, Lord, that you will just see how you move and work in our life, and how we can uh, share that with others. In Jesus' name.